Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our daily live call-in broadcast where trusted leaders bring biblical insights to the issues and you can call in and get your questions answered in real time. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and effect godly change in our nation and the world. And now here's your host for today's broadcast, Dwayne Sheriff. Hey everyone, welcome to Truth and Liberty. I'm your guest today, Dwayne Sheriff, and I appreciate you watching. This is a live call-in show, and we want to welcome you uh, and your calls, your questions. I'm going to be sharing today on the language of the Holy Spirit, the voice of God, and, and just discerning, learning to discern the voice of God. And so I want to encourage you, if you have questions about communicating with God, God communicating with us, to call us at 719-619-2341. The number is 719-619-2341. And I'll be taking your calls and your questions. And I just believe that you're going to be blessed today and encouraged in the voice of the Lord, the language of the Holy Spirit. Let me give you a, a few announcements of some upcoming events that we have, and then we'll get into today's topic and take your calls. We have a Phoenix Gospel Truth Conference, Phoenix Gospel Truth Conference 2024. The date for that is January uh, the 4th through the 6th, January the 4th through the 6th. Um, it's at the Renaissance Phoenix Glendale Hotel and Spa. That's the location, Renaissance Phoenix Glendale Hotel and Spa. The speakers are Andrew Walmack and Pastor Jim Baker. And you can register at awmi.net, awmi.net. So that's our Phoenix, Arizona conference. And uh, you will be blessed. I hope that you can attend that for those three days. We also have the Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life American event. Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life American Event 2024. That's January the 15th, and that's in Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. It's at Trinity Dallas Church, 4050 Herschel Avenue, Dallas, Texas, 75219. Andrew Walmack will be there speaking, a guest speaker, as well as Richard Harris. And again, these brothers are awesome. You know that if you are a part of Truth and Liberty or Karis Bible College or Andrew Walmack Ministries. And I know you'll be blessed. You'll need to bring someone to that event. I know that they'll be encouraged, inspired, and informed in the pro-life movement. And we need to be active at some level in standing for life and, and the pro-life movement. That's the, the major event of our generation is life in the womb and the value of human life. And so you can register at SBA, that would be Susan uh, B. Anthony, the abbreviation SBAProLife.org, SBAProLife.org. We also have Stand Foundation and the Call Church Service 
2024. That's Stand Foundation and the Called Church Service. And that's with Bishop E.W. Jackson, who is running for president in this next election. And so you'll want to hear from him. That'll be a blessing to you, I promise. Um, Andrew will be there as well. Uh, that's January the 27th. January the 27th. The location is 700 Conference Center Drive, Chesapeake, Virginia, 23320, United States. Again, Andrew will be speaking at that event as well. And the Bishop, E.W. Jackson. And E.W. Jackson is absolutely awesome. Uh, I just admire him. Every time I hear him, I get inspired. Uh, he's so encouraging, so informative on current events. Again, he's running, he's actually running for president and being totally ignored by the mainstream media, but that doesn't surprise any of us. And so you'll be blessed at that event. Also want to encourage you to visit our website, truthandliberty.net, truthandliberty.net. We have so many resources available and a 24-hour news feed that is updated every 15 minutes of conservative sources on current events. And uh, man, as we come into this next election, brothers and sisters, you're going to need some sources for, for news. We don't have news in America at large. Our major networks are propaganda machines, narrative carriers, a uh, lot of deception, uh, fraud in our national media, and we need informed. The information and and truthful information is what shapes our decision-making process. And so you're going to need a source for real news, not just propaganda or bias. And so Truth and Liberty is filling that gap, and we are, we are making available to you current news feeds that are basically conservative and, and will help you come to some conclusions on what's going on in our world, who to vote for, uh, what to stay away from, all of these things that are coming. And it's going to be really challenging. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that the 2020 election was rigged and a lot of fraud, uh, a lot of corruption. Uh, God had even spoken to me in regards to, to the 2016 election. And, and what would be happening. And those things have come to pass exactly like the Lord, the Lord spoke to me. And so we just, we need to be prepared. And that is one of the reasons I'm sharing on the voice of God or the language of the Holy Spirit. How do we hear God in these current times and, and all the deception that is all around us? It's a challenge, brothers and sisters, to find the truth. But if you'll if you'll know the truth, Jesus taught us in John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32, that if we'll continue in his word, we'll know the truth and the truth will make us free. Truth always brings freedom at any level, just like lies always brings slavery and being enslaved. So I just think it's important as we go into this election year to, to learn to discern the voice of the Lord. Learn the language of the Holy Spirit. And this was something I was not taught, even as a young Christian. And man, I became a needless casualty 
in my walk with the Lord because I simply did not know how to discern God's voice or the language of the Spirit. Let me read something out of 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I'm going to look at verse 10 and verse 11. And the context here is on the speaking in other tongues issue and order within the church and how that we need to be cautious in the display of our prayer language of speaking with other tongues and creating any kind of confusion for either an unbeliever or someone who simply is ignorant and unlearned. So we have to explain things as these things happen in a a church setting, and that's the context. But Paul makes this profound statement about voices, about languages, and, and discernment. Listen to 1 Corinthians 14, verse 10. There are, it may be, so many kinds of languages in the world, and none of them is without significance. Therefore, if I do not know the meaning of the language, I shall be a foreigner to him who speaks, and he who speaks will be a foreigner to me. Think about that for a minute. If you're speaking a foreign language, then, or a, a language I don't know, I'll feel like a foreigner, an outsider to you, and you will seem as a foreigner to me. Wow. When you think about the language of the Holy Spirit, when you think about God speaking to us, then if you don't know the language, if you don't know how to hear the voice of God and discern, interpret the language of the Holy Spirit, then you'll feel like a foreigner. You'll feel like an outsider even in the kingdom of God and to God and God to you. And this is why so many people feel estranged from God who loves them so much, who sent Jesus to not only die for our sins, but to be raised for our justification and to make a way for us to have fellowship and relationship with God. And fellowship involves a language, a native language. And I was not taught the native language of God's kingdom. God has a kingdom in this world that's not of this world. And every kingdom of this world has a native language. Primarily in America, our native language is English. In Mexico, the native language is Spanish. And on and on we could go with every kingdom has a native language. Well, what is the native language of the kingdom of God? What is the native language of the Holy Spirit? A lot of people do not believe God even speaks, much less discern His language. And I simply was not taught this and had to dig most of this out on my own over decades of seeking God, of of communing with God, of learning to discern the language of the Holy Spirit. In, In Revelation 13, in my last broadcast, we looked at Revelation 13, 11, and John says there was another beast that came out of the earth, and it had two horns, and it was like a lamb but it was the voice of the dragon. The dragon throughout Scripture, the revelation there is the devil. And there was this lamb that that came out, but it had two horns and the voice of a dragon. Many things, most things, if not all things that the devil does 
is, is pervert the things of God, and he's an imposter. Everything that he's snowing the country with right now, uh, deceiving many of God's people, is it appears like a lamb. He always disguises himself as a lamb, as from God, and some type of good, some type or perverted even kind of righteousness or compassion or love. It looks like a lamb. It feels like a lamb. But it has two horns if you look close, and it has the voice of a dragon. We need to discern the voice of the dragon. In John chapter 10, verse 4, 5, and 16, Jesus said, My sheep will hear my voice, and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. They will not follow. We are to hear the voice of God, discern the voice of God, discern the voice of the dragon, the stranger, but not follow the voice of the dragon. But brothers and sisters, how many people do you see in church culture that actually follow the voice of the dragon because they're deceived? They don't know the voice or discern the voice of the lamb. There's the voice of the lamb and there's the voice of the dragon. And you have to learn to discern the different voices. And I simply, again, was not taught these things. So let me go over just a few things quickly. Uh, we're going to be taking your calls in regards to this or any other subject on prayer. I've taught a little bit on that, on truth and liberty. Uh, and so we'll take your questions in regards to those issues as well. The number is 719-719-619-2341. Man, I've got that thing memorized more than my own phone number now. 719-619-2341. <laughs> And uh, we'll be taking your calls on the other side of our first break. Let me look at some more scriptures here in regards to the language of the Holy Spirit. Um, in, in Acts chapter 2, verse 17 and 18, uh, we'll quickly look at that because this is the day of Pentecost. Uh, 3,120 people have been filled with the Holy Spirit. And here's what Peter said in regards to the event that was taking place. And it shall come to pass, verse 17, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. So we see the language of the Holy Spirit here is threefold out of these passages, visions and dreams and prophecy and prophecy, New Testament prophecy. First Corinthians chapter 14 that I started out with outlines prophecy and prophecy in the church and how God speaks to us through prophecy he speaks to us through the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and these gifts are for today. Many again teach that they're not for today, but that's the language of the Holy Spirit is visions and dreams and prophecy. Your young men are going to have visions. Your old men are going to have, have dreams. I'm still, I'm still experiencing visions, hallelujah. God speaking to me in visions. Other people... They're a little older, 
And so they have dreams. Either way, God is speaking to us. And I had to learn this, how that I've had two open visions uh, in my in my walk with the Lord, but I've had what I call many visions, just flashes of the Lord speaking to me in a vision. Again, God told me who would be president in 2016 in a vision. I had a a vision, and it wasn't like an audible voice, but I could hear almost a narrative of the vision of of Donald Trump becoming president. Um, the streets were on fire, uh, and and God said He would reveal corruption in our government, in our news media, that He would actually use Donald Trump to uncover the corruption that was already here. A lot of people think Donald Trump has caused all this corruption. No, Donald Trump has been the target of corruption, of of corruption from political parties and those in both political parties attacking him, the news media, all the corruption in the FBI, in, in the in the the state and federal government now, in the judicial system. All of this stuff is coming to light and God is, is blessing us for a season revealing corruption of a police state that a lot of you are watching right now and you've bit into all this deception and, and, and Trump hatred and attack on Trump, having no idea what the spirit of this thing is, what's really taking place, how that they're not just coming for Donald Trump. They're coming for anyone who disagrees with their one world order, who disagrees with their socialist communist narratives and, and power and the hunger for power and abuse of power. Our FBI is now targeting uh, Christian Catholics, uh, spying. Donald Trump was spied upon, and it's been proven, and yet the media still denies it, and they're spying on many other American citizens now uh, through these different agencies. And God is revealing all this, not so we can just collapse and be depressed and discouraged about it, but so that we can stand up against it, so we can recognize, man, that's the voice of the dragon, uh, and what is the voice of the lamb here? What is God's will for us individually? What is God's will for our families? Uh, COVID-19. Man, you talk about looking like a lamb, but having two horns and the voice of the dragon. Uh, many people to this day sitting in churches have no idea what the agenda behind COVID-19 was. And the, the, the mask mandates that were ineffective and we were lied to about, the vaccine mandates uh, and how we were lied and the corruption within, within that entire season of shutdowns and, and essential and non-essential jobs, six-foot social distancing nonsense. On and on I can go with the voice of the dragon and they presented it like a lamb. It looked like a lamb, felt like a lamb. We care about you. We care about your health. We care about you not getting sick or you making other people sick. They didn't care about us, brothers and sisters. It was all about manipulation. It was all about power. And it was a dress rehearsal for the great reset that's coming. 
and we're no more prepared for the great reset that's coming than we were prepared for COVID-19. We're no more at large aware and discerning of the voice of the dragon versus the voice of the lamb now than we were then. And there's some challenging times coming and, and we need to hear God. We need to know how to stand. We need to know how to pray. We need to know how to listen on what God is saying. We got to hear the voice of the lamb. We got to discern the voice of the dragon and not follow the voice of the, of the dragon. And again, I could go on with all these current events. And a part of what truth and liberty is about is current events. And I get that. But brothers and sisters, I got to be honest with you. I can only take so much consumption of the fraud in our, our culture today, the darkness in our culture today, the deception, the lies, uh, the manipulation of the masses. And, uh, and so I want to be updated like you need to be updated, but I can only take so much. I got to hear the voice of the lamb. I've got to get before the lamb and, and steal my spirit and believe for visions of what God's will is for the future and dreams and for, for prophecy, for God to use people to speak under the utterance of the Holy Spirit in a known tongue where we can know and be prepared, be encouraged. Prophecy is to edify, to comfort, and to, and to encourage us. And we need that as we even go into this next election. It's going to get brutal. And, and those that are intent with hate and deception and being deceivers are going to attack anyone who comes anywhere near the truth. Any kind of truth will come under assault. That's why you have the cancel culture. And I know a lot of Christians want to ignore all this stuff, put their head in the sand, hope it goes away. It's not going away. It's going to get worse. And we have to be discerning and better prepared and know the voice of the Holy Spirit. Let me, let me look at uh, Romans chapter 14. This, this was my favorite um, passage that God used to teach me early His voice, how to discern His voice, how to, how to judge. Is this, is this the voice of the Lord? Is this my own mind speaking to me? Is this the voice of the dragon? Again, Paul said, there are many languages in the world, many voices in the world, and they all have significance. These, these, these voices of the dragon have significance and can impact our homes, our families, our careers, our livelihood in a very negative way. And many people are being sucked into the voice of the dragon and all this deception, and they think it's not affecting them spiritually and it is affecting them spiritually. It's robbing them of faith. It's feeding unbelief at an unprecedented rate. And we are seeing many that are deceived in this hour, even in the church. And we're seeing some depart, as Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 4, that some would depart from the faith. Brothers and sisters, you need to get established in the faith. And a part of the faith is hearing God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. That's not talking about just the written Word. God's written Word is His voice in our lives, and faith does come, but there's the rhema Word of God. There's God speaking to you about your family. There's God speaking to you about your marriage. There's God speaking to you about your careers. God, God wants to speak to you early in life about who to marry. That's an important, 
important decision in life, and you need to hear the voice of God. Well, Romans 14, look at, at verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Notice it's, it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The voice of the Lord, the voice of the true and the living God, the one God, the true and living God who's God of all gods who are no gods, is always and will always sound in righteousness, bring peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That God's voice is in righteousness. God's voice is peace. When you're having to make a decision, who are you going to marry? Where are you going to go to school? How many children are you going to have? Where are you going to work? What career path are you going to take? On and on I could go with major decisions in life and the quality of our life many times is based on the quality of our decisions. And, and how do you make judgment calls and decisions? How do you hear God in being led by the Holy Spirit? We talk about being led by the Holy Spirit. We talk about the language of the Holy Spirit. Well, it's always in righteousness. God will never tell you to do something that is unrighteous. God will never tell you to do something that overrides the peace of God in your heart. See, there's a difference in peace with God and the peace of God. And Colossians chapter 3 verse 15 talks about how we need to let the peace of God rule our hearts, rule our hearts. There's a joy in obeying God, in hearing God and doing what God tells you to do, brothers and sisters. There's a supernatural joy that comes that is the voice of God. See, I missed the voice of God early in my Christian experience because I didn't recognize it. I didn't discern how he speaks. I didn't discern the language. Uh, I thought it would be audible. I thought I would hear this audible voice in my head and, and God would be specific and he would tell me what to do and who to marry and, and, and what career path to take and, and where to pastor. And while I've dealt with the audible voice of God, and God can and does speak audibly. Most of the examples in Scripture when God spoke audibly didn't go very well. <laughs> when, he, when he spoke to the entire nation of Israel at Mount Sinai, did you know he spoke to every one of them audibly? They all heard the audible voice of God at Mount Sinai, and it scared them three-quarters of the way dead, <laughs> not half to death, probably three-quarters of the way dead. And it sounded like thunderings and lightning and a loud trumpet, and it scared them. That's when they went to Moses and said, hey, we don't want to hear directly from God. You go, you go hear God, you talk to him, and you come back and tell us what he said. That was the biggest mistake they made in their history, was asking for a mediator to hear God for them and to tell them what God said when they could have had a direct relationship with God and heard God for themselves. One time Jesus, at, 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 as, he was, as he was being baptized, uh, there were people all around him, and there was a voice from heaven that spoke, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. It was audible, but the account says 
that many heard thunder. All they heard was thunder. Others thought it was the voice maybe of an angel. So it's not that God doesn't speak audibly. Uh, and I believe I've come close to hearing the audible voice of God. I've heard that inner witness of the Holy Spirit so clear, so loud, it sounded audible to me. But I don't believe it was necessarily audible. I think it was the language of the Holy Spirit. And again, I'll get into these three things and start taking your calls when we get back. We're going to take a 90-second break. You can call me at 719-619-2341. 719-619-2341. I'll take your calls in 90 seconds. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we have big plans to make a big impact. If you want to be a part of turning our nation back to God, I want to invite you to become a supporter of Truth and Liberty. You can go on our website at truthandliberty.net to the donate page and make a gift there. And you can also sign up to be uh, make a recurring automatic gift of $5 or more per month, and then you'll become a Truth and Liberty member. And uh, our gifts to Truth and Liberty are not tax deductible, but I promise you, God sees your generosity. So go to Truth and Liberty and become a member today. With practical government, you have experts in the fields that are sharing their perspective, wisdom and experience. It's not available anywhere else in the world. We're going to teach a Christian heritage of our American government. They're going to learn about the Founding Fathers. We're teaching the Constitution, how government operates, practical skills and field study. No matter where you're coming from, the world needs you. Whatever God's calling you to do, you're able to do it. To learn more, visit practicalgovernmentschool.com. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. Hey everyone, welcome back to Truth and Liberty. I'm your guest host today, Dwayne Sheriff, and I'm, sh I'm sharing on the subject of the language of the Holy Spirit, that every kingdom has a language, and you have to learn that language, and if you do not learn that language, then you'll feel like a foreigner, an outsider, and, and even the person speaking will seem to you as a foreigner, an outsider. And many people feel that way in their relationship with the Lord because they simply don't discern the voice of God. They don't know how he speaks. They don't know the language, the native language of the kingdom of God. And so I'm kind of sharing on the native language of the Holy Spirit. How does God speak? Again, we've got entire denominations that do not believe God speaks, and yet God is the master communicator of the cosmos. But God has always been a communicator. God has always spoken some of the first lines in the Bible that you, that you read is, God said, let there be, and God said, let there be. And in original creation, God had intimate fellowship with, with Adam and with Eve, and it was a two-way communication. They understood the language of God, and God understood them. They had fellowship, and many people just do not do not feel close to God because they don't know how to hear His voice. They don't have a trained ear to hear His voice. And when you start hearing His voice, 
it develops intimacy. You don't feel like a foreigner anymore. You don't feel like an outsider. And so we're looking at, at the voice of God. I was going to get into Romans 14 and the three dominant languages of the kingdom, but I'll go ahead and take a, a phone call. We've already got some questions coming in uh, that I'll get to as well. But uh, Sasha is from Massachusetts, and uh, I really appreciate you calling, Sasha. Uh, what is your question, please? Um, hi, Pastor Duane. Um, hi. I have a question but a comment. Um, okay. I grew up in Christianity, and my church never spoke about spiritual gifts. If they did, I didn't hear it, about the Holy Spirit and hearing His voice. And sure. I had no idea what the gift of discerning was. And my whole life, it was I was totally blind. I, I'm constantly having dreams and visions. And, of course, my family, I would tell my family, and then they were terrified. Um, <laughs> and I was afraid because I thought, yeah. I, like my first yeah. dream at 13 terrified my sister wow. because it came to light and she got hurt. And she said oh, wow. that I was responsible for it. I remember yeah. crying, oh, yeah. thinking that That's all the, the things that the I'm, dragon. all my abilities yeah. I didn't know where they were coming from. I knew, I believed in God, but I had no yeah. idea who God truly was, who the Holy Spirit was, and if in the fact that he lived in me, I had no idea. Yes. So it took Andrew's teachings on God's Amen. nature, the Holy Spirit, for me to go from being a baby Christian to where I am now. And so now I know when it's the voice of God, and I've been getting this yes. message for, for a while now. I told my family about it, but I was afraid to tell outsiders because I feel like I'm always like the bearer of bad news. Well, <laughs> and well, yes, let, I've talked to the Holy let, Spirit let, over and over again to make sure that it was from Him. Yeah, let, let me encourage you immensely. Let me thank you for your call. I guarantee you there are thousands of people that are being ministered to right now from your call that have had similar experiences. Uh, the gifts and calling of God are without repentance, Sasha. So you had a gift uh, that God wasn't, wasn't taking back, but you didn't, you didn't discern it. You didn't develop it. Now you're discerning and developing it. Man, you're going to be a tremendous blessing. And it's sad that many of these things are not taught, uh, but they're coming to light more and more. I guarantee you your call is going to inspire people to seek this out. To, to find God in this area where they've been denied the reality of his voice, of how he speaks, again, in the visions, the dreams. And again, uh, the voice of the dragon will always come after you when you begin to share, you know, these things to an outsider. Uh, remember, they're told only kooks hear God. Think about that for a minute. Even people sitting in church that watch these movies, that even hear some preachers who don't believe in a true and a living God, they don't believe in a God that we encounter and lives in us and speaks. And, and so they think anybody who hears God is a kook. Uh, the national media, they never talk about anybody hearing God, but the headline will be, Mother Drowns Three Children in Bathtub, Hears God. Uh, so they... They discredit the voice of God. That's the voice of the dragon that tries to counter the voice of the lamb. And, and so all of you watching need to learn to discern 
the language of God, that he gives us these visions. He gives us dreams to be a blessing, to bless us, yes, but to bless other people. So I want to encourage you to keep reaching out to others. Uh, learn to, again, to judge, to discern. Don't think I'm going to get to all of my teaching today on how do you judge? Is this God speaking to me? Was this dream God? Uh, who do I share it with? You know, sometimes God will speak to us and it's for us and it's just to pray for somebody. Other times God will give us a vision just for us on how to deal with something that's coming. Uh, so you have to learn to communicate with God even in his voice on what do I do with this? And so thank you so much for, for calling, Sasha. What a great testimony. Develop that. Keep learning to discern and follow God's love. That's his voice uh, for people. Uh, don't, don't discourage anybody with what you think God is saying, but be an encouragement. So thanks for calling. Uh, we'll take uh, our next call, Thomas from Louisiana. Uh, what is your... What is your question, Thomas? Hi. Okay. Um, before I get to my question, I want to tell you something that I'm hoping is encouraging to you. Um, I appreciate that. <laughs> one night, I'd never had a vision before, and I lay down, and I see something. It's like an orange and blue symbol sign, and he spoke to me. He said, DSM Ministries, and I'd never, I'd never heard of you. So a wow. few minutes went by, and I look it up, and there, there it is, the exact thing I'd seen. It was Praise a uh, series you did on divine guidance several yes. years ago. Yes, absolutely. <sighs> so, that, I have a is. lot of what I'm teaching now in that series. I actually yeah. have a book coming out uh, this year on divine guidance and some of the things I'm sharing now. So thank you, Thomas, for that encouragement. That's awesome that God, God knows us, he cares about us, and he puts us on the heart of other people. This is a part of the kingdom of God. So that, that's encouraging. Um, go ahead with your, your question. Then. Question, okay. About the two witnesses, it says in Revelation 11.4, it says these are the two olive trees and two lampstands standing before the God of the earth. Um, we know from Revelation 1 that lampstands are, are, are churches. And Correct. we know from Romans that the olive trees are, are Jews and Gentiles. Is that correct? Correct. So what are We've the been olive? engrafted. The, the Jews are the original vine, uh, um, and we've been engrafted is what that Romans is talking about, into that vine. Uh, and that, that is one of the reasons that, that I believe we should have respect for the Jewish people, uh, honor for the Jewish people, uh, not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. Without them, we wouldn't be here. Without them, we wouldn't know uh, sin as revealed by Moses. So I know there's extremes where a lot of people talk about all Jews just by the blood of Abraham are saved. Others are anti-Semitic, I think, in some of their comments. And so I, I'm kind of in the middle where uh, I just think we owe them so much respect and honor. Uh, they have to come into the kingdom just like we come into the kingdom. Their Messiah is our Messiah. Our Messiah is their Messiah. There's not another Messiah for the Jews or another one for us. And there's where I differ with a lot of the theology in the, in the church at times. But 
I do honor the, the Hebrew people, the scriptures, the ancient scriptures, the old covenant. I didn't mean to, to go too far on that, but go ahead, Thomas. You're doing a good job. Well, people are, most people have always been taught that the two witnesses was either Moses and Elijah or Enoch and Elijah. But it sounds to me like this is telling us is the church, people, members of the church. I, I just think you have a great point. Um, I, I lean that way as well. That's not a popular view. I'm not contentious about any of, of these type things. Uh, but I tell you, I want to encourage you. Um, do you know one of our guest hosts, Alex McFarland? Uh, I've seen his, uh, I've seen him. I, I would encourage you to call in and run this by Alex. I would be, I'd be curious what Alex would say. He, he, he's just awesome in this area. And so I think he would be a blessing to you as well. If you want to call in and run that by him. Um, I'm not as certain as I want to be and need to be and will be on that issue. Uh, I do believe uh, that, that we definitely are a witness, whether we're one of the two witnesses exactly in the book of Revelation there. Um, I lean that way as you have stated. Um, but I know regardless of, of, of what that pans out to be the two witnesses, we are uh, a primary witness in this earth of the resurrection. That's what we're called to, to do and be. Uh, Acts chapter 2 says, or Acts chapter 1, uh, that we shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon us, and we shall be witnesses un unto uh, Judea, Jerusalem, the uttermost parts of the, of the world. So we are a primary witness, at least in this age of grace. And so thank you for your call, Thomas. I encourage you again, call Alex McFarland. Tell him you talked to me and I told you to call him. <laughs> Let's see what he says. All right. I want to get back to, and then we'll get back to your calls here in a little bit. I want to get back to um, the language of the Holy Spirit and you learning to discern it and not disregard it. Sasha was a beautiful call uh, and was my testimony for years I, because I didn't recognize the voice of the Lord. I dismissed it. I disregarded it. Uh, the, the few times I thought God spoke to me, even in my youth, man, I was obedient unto death. Uh, I heard God at seven years of age. I didn't hear an audible voice, but I knew I was a sinner. I knew I needed Jesus and forgiveness of my sins. I knew at seven he was the way, the truth, and the life. And because of who he is and what he did, God made flesh. He's the only one qualified to die for our sins. And because of who God is, a just God, and he has to satisfy his justice. He has to judge sin. And so he painted through Israel a witness in the world uh, for, for hundreds of years, the sacrifices, and how that God will either judge a lamb, a spotless lamb for sin because he's just, or he'll judge you for all and any of your sins. And the New Testament says God cannot deny himself. He cannot deny his nature and who he is. Sin has to be judged. And so I knew at seven, 
Jesus was the Messiah. Jesus was the Savior of the world, and that, that without him, I was lost. So I accepted Jesus as Lord. At nine years of age, I heard God call me into the ministry. I didn't know the difference, obviously, at nine between God calling you and God separating you. God called Paul and Barnabas for the ministry, but in Acts chapter 13, at a later time, an appointed time, he separated them. I certainly wasn't called and ready to be separated for ministry at nine, but I was so sure I heard God. I was so sure I heard the voice of God at nine years old that I packed a bag and was leaving home crying, literally leaving home crying, not wanting to leave my family, and then embarrassed that my dad asked me where I was going. <laughs> and I said, I said one word, I don't know. It was three, I do not, or four, I do not know, or how many is that? <laughs> I don't know how many words that is, but it was one word, I don't know. And and yet, God spoke to me. So I heard the voice of God early in my life, but like Samuel, if you look up 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1, the word of the Lord was rare in that day. It was uncommon. And so Samuel heard God call his voice, but he thought it was Eli, the prophet, calling him. And three times, he, he didn't recognize it was God. And so I believe, like Sasha, there are thousands of you watching. God is speaking to you, but you're not recognizing it. You're not discerning it. And what you need is to learn to discern. Because if you're his sheep, you hear his voice. That is so powerful. And so in Romans chapter 14, verse 17, the kingdom of God is not in meat or drink, but in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Those three things are how God speaks. And I got to share this scripture and then we'll go to your, your calls again here very shortly. But Isaiah 45, these are awesome. I've never heard anybody share on this. And it's just, these are some of my favorite passages of even the planet. Again, the ungodly, those that are disobedient to God, that are building the new Tower of Babel, the world is trying to build the Tower of, of Babel uh, with the World Economic Forum and I, uh, AI, uh, and on and on I could go with this one world order, this Tower of Babylon, and, and evil and their hearts are evil, and their imagination, according to Genesis, is wicked all the day long. And again, people aren't discerning it, but we need to discern the voice of the Lord versus the voice of the dragon, because the voice of the dragon is getting louder, is my point, and louder, and, and we need discernment. Uh, climate change will be what the ungodly and those that worship at the Tower of Babel will, will head toward. They will use climate change to manipulate the masses like they used in COVID-19. And again, shows like this and, and just me needing to be informed and thank God for the, the new media that we have in having to do research, the things I hear people say at the World Economic Forum, saints, they're scary, they're spooky, how evil these people 
these people are and what the agenda in climate change is, that they want to produce fear of you destroying the planet like they produced fear of you catching COVID-19 and spreading COVID-19. And they, they used corrupt information and their corrupt power to manipulate the masses. The whole world was affected by this. And those that are evil learned we can shut countries down. We can shut businesses down. We can, we can put people and control when they go to work. If they get to go to work with a vaccine mandate, these things were not by accident. And, and things are coming that we need to be better prepared for, and climate change will be what they'll use. And when you hear these people talk, they're talking about zero emissions and that we got to get to zero emissions to save the planet. Well, did you know you emit carbon dioxide? To get to zero emissions, we're going to have to get rid of some of you. And when you listen to Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab, these voices at the WEF, uh, they're talking about wiping out some of the human race to save the planet. These people are for real, and they're evil, and we need to be aware of these things. And the only point I'm really trying to make is, can you hear the voice of the lamb and discern it? Or are you being dominated by the voice of the dragon? Why do you think abortion is worshipped like it is? Why do you think people literally worship at the altar of abortion? They, they think people are destroying the planet. They think we are the number one problem and enemy of the planet. And they'll go so far as to commit infanticide for population control. And on and on I could go. And, and I just don't want any part nor lot in it. I want to discern it quickly. And I want to discern the voice of the lamb, the voice of life versus the voice of death, the voice of light versus the voice of darkness, the voice of good as God defines good and the voice of evil as God defines evil. Well, righteousness is the voice and language of the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 45, look at verse 18. Isaiah 45, verse 18, For thus says the Lord who created the heavens, who is God who formed the earth and made it, who has established it, who did not create it in vain, who formed it to be inhabited. Wow. God is the one that, that created the heavens and the earth. God is the one that created it for a purpose. God is the one that has established it. The earth was created by the word of God, Genesis chapter 1 says. And Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 says, God is upholding all things by the word of his power. That includes the planet. Brothers and sisters, you can't destroy this planet, nor can you save it. And your children are being indoctrinated, and climate change is being used to create fear and fear-mongering and control and manipulation and if you can't see the control that abusive government used 
in the name of health care, why can't you now see that they'll use climate change? And we got to save the planet. You can't, you can't, you can't think like you've been thinking and you can't be and have freedom of thought. You can't have freedom of speech. You can't say those things that God created the planet and God upholds the planet. He upholds all things by the word of his power and that this planet is reserved by God for the day of judgment and that the planet has been redeemed. The planet has been as much bought for and provided for as we've been bought and provided for. And just like my bodies are not redeemed now, your body is not redeemed, but it's been bought. And you have the promissory note of a resurrected body, an immortal body. The planet has been redeemed. It's been saved. It's been bought. The curse of the fall will be removed from the planet and there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth and you can't destroy it. You can't save it. Climate change is the apex of pride and the voice of the dragon, and the voice of the dragon. And many in the church will be deceived, and they'll give up their cars, they'll give up mobility, they'll give up uh, all their freedoms, they'll give up their careers, they'll go on a government dole or paycheck just to exist. Man, I heard somebody uh, just a couple of days ago at the World Economic Forum that talked about AI taking over all of our jobs. That one day, AI is going to be so developed and so much faster and better than any human being, they will take over all our jobs. And then they ask, well, what will the people do? And what will we do with all the people? You don't want to hear what they said. You don't want to hear what they said and what they plan and how they devalue human life the way they devalue human life. We are in some serious trouble ahead and we've got to hear the voice of the lamb versus the voice of the dragon. Listen to this right here. I am the Lord, there is no other. I have not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. I did not say to the seed of Jacob, seek me in vain. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I declare things that are right. (laughs) Amen. That's one of my favorite scriptures. God's voice is righteousness. It's his righteousness. It's good the way he defines good. It's evil the way he defines evil, not man eating of the forbidden tree of the knowledge of good and evil in disobedience to God, in rebellion to God. And so we need to know, is this God speaking to me or is this the voice of the dragon? God will never violate clear scripture in your life. God will never tell you to drown your babies in the bathtub. If that voice, if you hear a voice to kill your babies, that is the voice of the dragon. That's not the voice of God. And yet people do hear voices. They don't know how to discern. They don't know how to judge. The voice of the Lord is in righteousness. And he's not spoken in secret. He's not hiding his voice, his language from you. That's why he gave us the scriptures. It's why he gave us the Holy Spirit, that inner witness to lead and guide us into all truth. Jesus said he'd send the comforter and the comforter would lead and guide us into all truth. Righteousness is how God leads you. Boy, that's powerful. And then peace and joy, I'm not going to get to that this segment. 
I wanted, I wanted to take another call. Uh, Michael, I've got two minutes if I, if I can't get your question answered and you happy in two minutes, we'll come back to you. But thanks for calling. Michael from Wyoming, uh, what is your question, please? Yes. Um, if, um, if Jesus said in the, in the Bible that he'll remember our sins no more, um, and then in the book of Revelation, it talks about that um, we have to give an account for what uh, for what we have done. Um, yes. What are those two? Yeah, uh, that's good. Yeah, how do you reconcile that? First uh, Corinthians chapter three makes the same point that the book of Revelation makes. There's the 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 great white throne judgment. And then there's the, the judgment at the seat of Christ. Uh, those are two different judgments. The world will be judged, uh, and, and God will, will show them all of their evil, all of their sins. It's going to be a horrible day uh, showing his justice and that his judgment would be righteous. They'll stand before a throne of judgment that is negative judgment. We'll stand before the throne of Christ, the seat of Christ, and we'll give an account for our deeds done, not in negative judgment. We won't give an account like, hey, you sinned and now you're going to hell. Hey, you did good, you're going to heaven. No, heaven and earth has already been determined by our faith in the sacrifice of Jesus. But the lives we live will be rewarded in heaven and in the new earth and the new heaven according to our, our deeds, according to our good works. Our evil works, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, they'll be burned up in fire. There will be a judgment, but not of wrath, not of acceptance or rejection like the great white throne judgment, but we'll be judged for rewards, we'll be judged for crowns, will be judged. Man, I'm running out of time. I didn't get it done, Michael. Uh, I'll try to hold you over if you can and come back to you. I need to take a 90-second break, and I'll be right back. Are you in ministry and want to connect with other like-minded ministers? Andrew Womack founded the Association of Related Ministries International, or ARMY, to serve, equip, and empower you for success in your ministry through relationships, community, and resources. But just being a part of this uh, being filled with the Word of God and with Army and fellowshipping, knowing that I have other ministers with me, it is awesome. We have met such precious people through Army. Uh, there's people I know I can call when I'm in a jam. Ministers have a safe place to come. We can unify and unite for the kingdom. As an Army member, some of the benefits you'll enjoy are Bible teaching correspondence courses, regional advocates for personal support and ministry, regional events for networking, one-on-one -on -one ministry and encouragement, our monthly newsletter, and more. You don't have to do ministry alone. Join this growing network of dynamic and elite ministers from across the U.S. and around the world today. Hey, you know, a big part of what we do here at Truth and Liberty is to provide you with the resources that you need in order to stand for truth in the public square. So I want to remind everybody to go to our website and check out our resources page at truthandliberty.net slash resources, where you can find material that discusses just about every issue we're facing today in our culture. And these are things that are prepared by our strategic partners and some of the uh, most influential and important organizations in America today.
Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Truth and Liberty. I'm your host today, Dwayne Sheriff, and we're we're discussing the voice of God, the language of the Holy Spirit. How does God speak? Not does he speak, but how does he speak? And how do we train our ear to hear? How do we recognize the voice of God? And I was answering a question for Thomas in regards to the judgment that we as Christians will stand before the Lord. And you'll need to look up 1 Corinthians chapter 3 on how that all of our works are going to be judged by fire, whether they're, whether they're wood, hay, or stubble, or gold and silver and precious stones. And so the good things that we do as Christians, they will endure and, and will be rewarded for. The mistakes we make as Christians, we should be repenting as we make mistakes and being cleansed of those and purged of those, but the things that, that we've done that are wrong, they'll be judged by that same fire, and even our salvation will be judged by that fire, whether it be true or not. There's a lot of people that claim to be a Christian that aren't a Christian. There's a lot of people that claim to be saved and call Jesus Lord, but they're, 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 not, they're not of his of his sheep. They are not born again. They've not really called upon the name of the Lord. And so those are some of those, those, those issues. Let me go ahead and, and take a call from, from Jonathan from Ohio. Let's, let's see what, what Jonathan has to say. Jonathan, thank you for calling. Uh, What is your question? Hi, my question is in our ministry, the, the youth in our ministry are having way too much access and ill influence from social media, so much that a couple of the kids in our ministry came to me and said, hey, do you know that President Trump slept with a porn star while his wife was pregnant? And I said, that's preposterous. Something like that would never happen. And then they also told me, that recently on the campaign trail, that President Trump has been using Nazi rhetoric uh, in his speeches. Where are these kids getting that stuff off of social media? Well, I'm not, I'm not sure where they're getting it, but that's typical. Uh, that's the voice of the dragon, uh, the hatred for, for Trump. It, it's all over. Uh, social media and fraud and lies and uh, we have to protect our children from social media at large period Uh, this is part of the church's responsibility but we're limited but it's parents responsibility to make sure their children are not listening to the corrupt fraudulent uh, media of today that that just hates anybody that doesn't love them. They love their own, and their hatred for Trump is just evident, again, that Trump's no longer one of them. When Trump was in the world and Trump was a sinner just like you and me, uh, uh, they loved him. Uh, They embraced him. They celebrated him, the entire world. They loved their own. Jesus said that the world will love their own. But they will hate those that that are of the truth, those that that even get close to the truth. I don't really want to get into Trump and his past any more than I want to get into mine. I've been forgiven. 
the media doesn't understand reconciliation, redemption. Uh, I know for a fact that Trump has made a commitment to Christ and has even kept it private. Uh, that doesn't mean he's perfect any more than you're perfect. Uh, Ethan uh, or Jonathan, are you Ethan that called me uh, last week or what's what's going on here? You sound, Are you the caller that called me about this last week? No, I don't know what you're talking about. But it's funny because I you, have heard President Trump on the campaign trail using Nazi rhetoric. Like poisoning well, I our haven't. blood, and like what? Poisoning like what? our blood and vermin. Yeah, I think. That's well, great, obviously, 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 you're as deceived then as the young people because Trump is not saying those things. Those are lies, uh, and the media hates him. They'll destroy him because he's revealing the corruption that's in this country. I'm not saying again and defending Trump as a person, but. Uh, you too are listening to the wrong information. I recommend go to truthandliberty.net uh, and listen to some of the sources uh, and clips that are him speaking. He's also being falsely charged for insurrection right now. Uh, and, and, and I bet you believe and your young people in whatever youth group is not helping them out that he instigated an insurrection when I saw and heard exactly what he said on January 6th. And it's been, it's been perverted by the corrupt media. He's been lied and attacked. And uh, we can't even see what we think this is about Trump. You sound like you think it's about Trump. Uh, none of this stuff is about Trump. Uh, it's about the corruption and the destruction of our country and the hatred for anybody that's exposing any kind of evil and corruption within our government. And Trump's the only guy I know of that's standing up to these people, and they hate him, and they will, they will lie. So was there anything else then, Jonathan? Did you hang up? Oh, I didn't hear you. Say that again. I'm sorry I lost you for a minute. Are you sure he's not using Nazi rhetoric? Because I poisoning no, our I think, blood. And you know, I I I think your rhetoric is suspect. I I I get really nervous about your rhetoric rhetoric and your attitude toward him. Uh, is it, you're claiming to be a minister and uh, have a ministry even for young people, uh, but your voice sounds familiar to me, and I think you've called before. Uh, so if you if you've tried to deceive even our callers, that's not good. Are you saying you've never called? It's a thing. How dare you accuse well, you, me of that? You you keep cutting out. So go ahead, Jonathan. Accuse you of what again? A calling before? How dare you accuse me of that? I'm highly offended. But yeah, Donald Trump well, does use a lot of Nazi rhetoric, and he gets criticized for so, it. Do you like that so, rhetoric? So, so, so you're not saying they're saying it. You're saying it then. So you even, even, I heard him, you I heard even, him saying, say it. You don't. Yeah. Trump well, didn't say. Trump didn't say poisoning I, our blood and calling people I, vermin. I don't even think. Well, I'm sorry that you're offended. Obviously, you have no trouble offending me or trying to offend me and others, and even, even people that don't believe what you're saying. So I'm going to let you go. I appreciate you calling. Evidently, I can't help you. 
uh, and I just want to be a blessing and help. So thank you for calling, though. I do appreciate that. And no, I don't believe he's a Nazi like he's accused, and I don't believe he's using Nazi rhetoric. Uh, I don't believe the majority of people know what a Nazi is, uh, even in our country today, because of the corrupt media. So thank you for calling. Let me go to Frank uh, in Missouri. Frank, uh, thank you for calling. Pastor Dwayne, it sure is yes, so sir. exciting to listen to you, man. Uh, well, I just it's, got it's your good book to have in the a mail. positive call. <laughs> good. Yeah, good. so I got a question about, uh, I heard you talking about the Tower of Babel. Uh, do you think that uh, that a penny cost uh, restored or... Uh, yeah, restored the Tower of Babylon on the day of Pentecost when all the languages came together and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. Oh, and I got I got to thank you for the book, man. I just got it. I just took it out of my post office box. Uh, the uh, uh, well, good. Uh, the, uh, yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. I thought it was the other one about the uh, the cultural cancel culture one. You got a bunch no, of books out, I... don't you? Yeah, I do, but I sent you the Rhythms of Grace. I thought that'd be a blessing to you. Yeah, let me just say, uh, in regards to your question, question, Frank, on the day of Pentecost, uh, the Tower of Babel was the dragon bringing evil together with one language, uh, uh, and uh, obviously the devil. Uh, and and again, was the world's way to promote and be in agreement and, and power be released. There's power in agreement. Uh, there's power in unity. And the unity at the Tower of Babel was for evil. And that's why God busted it up with the many languages. On the day of Pentecost, there was a unity within the kingdom of God and the language of the Holy Spirit that brought Christians now together worldwide, we have a common language, the language of the Holy Spirit. And we have a unity that is not like the unity of the world. It's the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace until we come to the unity of the faith. So in the, in the day of Pentecost, I don't know that I want to quite say, I'm not correcting you, Frank, uh, that it was God's Tower of Babel, but it was the counterpart for sure to the Tower of Babel where people came together for a righteous cause, for the kingdom of God and the purpose of the kingdom of God. And so um, I appreciate the observation. Was there anything else then? You, you covered it pretty Pretty well. No, I, you know, it's just a blessing to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit with speaking in other, other tongues. And, and you know, the stuff that Andrew won't, yeah, that Andrew teaches about that, it's just out of the, you know, it's out of this world. It's otherworldly, really. And it, 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 yeah. and, it, and it's a direct connection with, with Almighty God that, that we speak in mysteries to Him. And how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to get, dwell together in unity. It's, it's the oil that ran down the beard, even Aaron's beard. And hallelujah, the anointed, it's the anointed that's destroying the yoke. It's not all of our political savvy. And anyways, I, I'm not supposed to preach, sorry. <laughs> oh, I, just, I love you, Frank. I, I needed a good laugh 
after that last call. Uh, you know, it's just amazing uh, how people can claim to be Christians and filled with so much hate. You can just hear the hate. You can feel it. When I hear you, I feel the, the love. I feel the compassion. I feel the mercy. Uh, that's the language of the Lamb. You're a blessing, Frank. Uh, hope you enjoy the book. Uh, pre- always appreciate you calling. You're one of our regulars, and uh, you always you always bring bring it back focused. And I appreciate that. Let me let me answer a few other questions that have come in uh, before we run out of time. If you'd like to call, we still have time to take your call. Seven one nine six one nine two three four one. Seven one nine six one nine two three four one. All right, a uh, couple of great. Great questions we've had submitted. Uh, this is really good. When we pray to God as his child, Abba, Father, does that show disrespect? Uh, I think that's an excellent question. I think many have that question. Uh, that's why I delight maybe in, in addressing this one. Um, Abba, Father is simply an intimate term out of, out of Romans chapter 8 where we are now in God's family. If you're born again, you're translated from the the kingdom and powers of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son, the kingdom of light. And in that kingdom, we are now family. We're children of God, sons and daughters of God. And your spirit is born literally of the Holy Spirit and the word of God. Uh, 1 Peter 1.23 says we're born again, not of a corruptible seed, but an incorruptible seed by the word of God that liveth and abideth forever. John chapter 3, Jesus said that when we're born again, it's our spirit that gets born again and we're born of the spirit, not of the flesh. Being born again is not flesh, it's of the spirit. And so now as children of God, we do cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy. It literally, Abba means, means Daddy. Uh, we didn't have a translation for that. Uh, and so it's daddy. So it's not disrespectful at all to develop a personal father-son, father-daughter, family relationship with God. On the other hand, uh, we can be disrespectful <laughs> as children of God, I think. Uh, I don't think we're disrespectful in seeing him as daddy, but uh, in seeing him as my father, I also still see him as Lord. I still see him as creator God. I see him as the all-powerful, all-knowing, all-consuming fire, consuming fire. Uh, and so there still is a respect for the holiness of God, a respect for the nature of God that while God's nature is love and acceptance, it's also judgment and justice and, and things of that, of that nature. And so that's the, the answer there. Does prayer bring God into the situation or bring us into God's will? Another excellent question. Um, I think when we pray, we're certainly inviting as an act of our free will the grace of God into our situation. God is present uh, whether we pray or not. But when we pray, we, we are yielding to God. We are giving our will over to God. We are asking, seeking, um, inquiring God's plan and wanting to fulfill it. 
Uh, in James chapter 4, the scriptures say, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. I used to struggle with that thinking, man, that sounds like law to me. That sounds like works. Uh, I got to draw nigh to God and now conditionally he'll draw nigh to me. It's not what it's saying at all. That chapter deals with humility. Uh, James chapter 4 verse 6 talks about grace and God giving us more grace and humility. So when I pray, I'm, I'm, I'm drawing nigh to God, which now as an act of my free will, that's an act of faith. I'm accessing grace now, more grace. That is God drawing nigh to me, or you could say entering into my situation. But it also in prayer, God in, in, being invited into my situation is now bringing me <laughs> to his will. So it's not either or, it's not A or B, it's C. Uh, prayer isn't me just inviting God into my situation, it is. And it's not just me and God inviting me into his will, it's both. It's both. So I hope that that helps. Uh, excellent question, what are the four dimensions of God's love in Ephesians 3? 18. Paul is praying that they would know the length, the breadth, the depth, and the height of God's love that passes all understanding, carnal understanding. And so there are these four dimensions to the, to the love of God. And uh, I did a series on this years ago, and uh, it wasn't, it wasn't, as well received <laughs> as I would have liked. I could probably do a better job on it even now, but I called it the four faces of God, these four dimensions of God. When we say God is love, uh, it, it leaves people hanging and they don't understand uh, the depth or the length or the height or the width of God's love. And while within God's love, there's this total acceptance uh, there's this compassion. There's also a side of God's love that is the source of his hate and his anger, uh, his wrath. God's wrath comes out of his love for his creation. And sin is a destructive force that God hates, not like we think of hate, but God hates, there's seven things. The book of Proverbs chapter six says there are six things, yea, seven, that the Lord hates, that he hates these things. Well, that hate comes out of his love for you. Uh, the scriptures say God hates divorce in the book of Malachi. Uh, God hates divorce but that hate comes out of these dimensions of his love for you. The reason God hates divorce is because he loves you so much. And he, unlike us, knows the damage of divorce, knows the pain of divorce, knows the one flesh principle and the covenant. When you get married, it's not a contract, it's a covenant. When you get married, you enter into, into this one spirit with the Lord in the new birth. And when you get married in the natural, you enter into a one flesh covenant 
with your partner and you literally become one flesh. And divorce is like the ripping away of a part of your flesh. And it's like two pieces of paper that are stuck together. They're glued together now. They're no longer two, but they're one. You can separate them, but you do damage to both pieces of paper, no matter how hard you try to not hurt or harm one another, even in a divorce, there's damage, there's pain, there's the ripping away. And that's why God hates divorce. He loves you so much. He doesn't want you damaged. He loves your children so much. The world will tell us divorce, you know, doesn't affect children. And uh, one again of their many deceptions, it does hurt children and God loves your children. He wants you to reconcile. He wants you to work things out for your sake because he loves you and he loves your children. He loves your legacy, your grandchildren, and two are better than one, et cetera, et cetera. So these different dimensions of God's love go beyond the shallow understanding of God's love um, and and I just can't get into all those different dimensions. I've got, again, a teaching on that. Um, if the voice of the dragon is false and can sound sweet, can the voice of the land sometimes sound furious? I think that's a, that's a good question. There is a side to God <laughs> that has fury, uh, but as believers, we have to understand that the cross, Jesus bore God's anger. He bore God's wrath against us. And that while he speaks to us, and I, I do believe he can be firm in his voice, I do believe that he is loving and compassionate and merciful in his, in his voice. And one of the ways you can know the voice of God, I didn't get to Romans I'm running out of time. I didn't get back to Romans chapter 14, verse 17 on the voice of God and the kingdom of God, the kingdom language. But one of the three was joy. There's a joy that is God's voice. Uh, Nehemiah 8.10 says, it's the joy of the Lord that is, is your strength. And so God speaks in peace, Colossians 3.15 and he speaks in joy. The voice of God is this supernatural joy that we get when we, when we submit to God, when we're hearing God, when we're following God, when we're being led by God. His voice is a joy. Ephesians 4, I think it's about verse 30, says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit that is among you. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's on the inside of you, and that's God's voice too, is the Holy Spirit being grieved. There are certain things you can do or, or head toward that grieve the Holy Spirit. And you can feel that in your spirit. I'm not talking about your, your natural man. I'm talking about your born-again spirit. It can be grieved when the Holy Spirit is grieved, and that's God speaking to you. But it can also have joy. Philippians chapter 2 says, God is at work in you both to will. we got to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. But God is at work in us, both the will and the do of his good pleasure. So the voice of the Lord is his pleasure. So I don't believe he, he's, he's ever angry with me. I don't believe he would speak to me in fury and anger. 
James says that the wrath of man works not the righteousness of God. And so the wrath of God or anger or fury of the Lord is not going to work righteousness. It's the love of God that leads me to repentance now. And so I don't believe God ever is mean or harsh with us. He chastens us. Hebrews chapter, chapter 12 talks about the chastening of the Lord, but he doesn't do it in anger and in wrath. He does it in love, in compassion, in mercy. All right. Let's go back to our phone. We'll get there after I've got one more. If you want to call, the number is 719-619-2341. Back to those three dominant languages of the Holy Spirit. Righteousness. God speaks in righteousness and what is right um, in, in Isaiah 45, uh, verse 19. Then I looked at joy there for a moment. I'll come back to that if I have time. I'm running out of time. But peace, uh, Colossians 3.15, let me just say this. I won't turn to it. Let the peace of God rule your hearts. Let the peace of God rule your hearts. That word rule in the concordance means arbitrate arbitrate, to govern. It's kind of like an umpire. The, the, the best way I've learned to discern God's voice is in peace, in peace, that there's the peace with God that comes through the blood of the cross and your faith. Then there's the peace of God that rules your heart. In other words, you got a lot of decisions to make in this life. You're going to have to learn to discern I mean, we could spend hours. I don't know if I'm going to pick this back up uh, next week or where I'm going to go yet, uh, but we have to learn to discern the voice, the voice of the Lord. And so peace is how I've learned to discern. When, when I felt like God showed me Sue was to be my wife uh, 43 years ago, I didn't hear an audible voice, Mary Sue, but I was praying and seeking God, and I just had a peace that ruled my heart like an umpire. You have to, to weigh things out in the presence of God. When you have to make a decision, when you have to make a judgment call, you bring it to God, you, you, you look at the pros, you look at the cons, and then you listen for God, and His voice is peace. If you lose your peace in a decision, wait on God. God is never going to be angry for you waiting on him. He's never going to be angry for you wanting to make sure you're hearing him, testing whether or not you're hearing God. He'll never, ever upbraid you for wanting to make sure you're hearing God. And so when you lose peace, you've got a decision on a career change. You've got a decision on, again, who you're going to marry. You've got a decision on what college you're going to go to. You, you lay it before the Lord and the umpire, let, let peace be the umpire. And the best illustration is a baseball game. The umpire is final authority. If the umpire calls you safe, you're safe. If the umpire calls you out, you're out. You can argue, you can fuss and fight, you can throw a tantrum, a hissy fit. And it will not change the call of the umpire. <laughs> I, was, I just had a flashback of when I was a kid, I was 
playing in, in junior high school uh, baseball, and I was stealing second base, and they threw the ball to the kid, and I did a flip over the kid <laughs> onto second base. I literally did a flip over the kid. He never touched me. Uh, and the umpire, in his mind, he'd already called me out because there was no hope. That kid had the ball. Uh, I was If I'd have slid normally, it's impossible. I'm out. So he called out before I even hit the bag. And I began to argue with him, and I asked the kid, did you even touch me? And the kid says, no, he didn't even touch me. And yet the umpire called me out. I was out. Sorry, that, that's a bad memory that stuck into my mind. All I know is when the umpire says you're out, you're out. If you're safe, you're safe. Well, peace is the umpire. In your heart, when you're making a decision, the umpire will say, safe. Then that's the voice of God. Follow peace. Let peace, the peace of God, rule your heart. If the umpire says out, brothers and sisters, do not override peace. It's the language of the Holy Spirit. It's how God speaks. It's how he guides us. And so I, I, I pray that's been a, a blessing for you and a help. Um, I don't know, again, if I'll pick this back up. Um, but again, let me give you the number because uh, Alex McFarland is tomorrow. Uh, I've encouraged one, one of you to call him. Uh, he's hosting Truth and Liberty tomorrow. The number is 719-619-2341. Alex is a blessing. Uh, I, would in, I would invite that caller that got offended to call, call Alex. Uh, call him up. See, see what he has to say to you. Maybe he won't offend you. Uh, so anyway, I just pray that truth and liberty is a blessing to you. And again, that today has been an encouragement. Thanks again for watching. God bless you. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.